0: Hey, welcome to Transform Your Workplace. It's your host, Brandon Laws. Thanks for the download today. Hey, if you like what you're hearing on the show, we would love a, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, uh, written reviews even better. And of course, if you could share it with a friend, on uh, social media, whatever, we, we appreciate that. We're out trying to transform workplaces in a positive way. And you sharing with friends and colleagues is huge for us. So, thank you. Today's episode is brought to you by Zenium HR. We just launched a brand new learning and development subscription for small and medium sized organizations. With this subscription, you get your entire team access to virtual workshops, unlimited e learning courses, unlimited, and lots of other great micro learning content. So, go check that out at zeniumhr.com. All right, today's guest is Crystal Bauer. Crystal is a corporate wellness expert, a keynote speaker, and a TEDx speaker. And she's also the host of a podcast called Live Greatly. So go check that out. And she's really known for her expertise in leadership, mindset, employee wellness. And in this episode, we touch on work life balance. And specifically, I, we kind of get into the TED talk that she presented on in 2021. And I'll put a link in the show notes to that where we're talking about work-life balance in the pandemic and just where we have come now and just with the, the focus on flexibility and mental health, we had a great conversation about tips for evaluating our modern workplace and what we can do to make sure that we're evolving with the times. I really love this conversation, so I hope you enjoy it as well. Enjoy the conversation with Crystal Bauer. Crystal, it is such a pleasure to have you on Transform Your Workplace. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here with you.
0: So you've got a TED Talk out and you did it in 2021. It was on work-life balance in a COVID-19 environment. And we're now in January of 2024. And I'm curious if you can relive that content back in 2021. I'm sure you've watched it a few times since then. Has anything changed since then? I I feel like we're in this whole new world that has been inspired from the pandemic and you know how has work-life balance changed for the working class society right now
1: right well i think that covid definitely did a couple of things i mean it did more than a couple of things but two things specifically i want to talk about one i think it made people reflect and i like to talk a lot about checkpoints in our lives and i feel like covid was a huge checkpoint for all of humanity you know, we took a close look at how we were living our lives what was prioritized in our lives, what was working, what wasn't working. And it really brought to the forefront challenges, also things that were really important, but what people really wanted. So I think that led to a lot of soul searching for a lot of people. And it also led to a lot of changes in the way that work happened, right? Because we were all pretty much most of us were working from home. So it really made remote work much more acceptable where before, um, you know, some companies might've been really hesitant to support remote work, but then with COVID, I think a lot of companies realized, oh wow, okay, this actually, this can work. And then people realized, oh, maybe I like this, you know, I have the flexibility. And then, you know, there's downsides with that too. But I, I think where we've gotten to now, the workplace is much more of a hybrid workplace for a lot of organizations. So that's something that I think can bring about a lot of great opportunities, yeah. but it also can lead to a lot of stress points and a lot of potential challenges, breakdowns in communication. You have to have trust. You might have to work a little bit harder to build that connection and to optimize that communication. Um, so definitely some pluses, but you have to have awareness and some intention, yeah. I think, with the current workforce and workplace.
0: I agree. Like pre-pandemic, I just don't remember this conversation happening a lot around work-life balance, maybe a little bit of work-life balance, but like mental health. Like I feel like we're talking about it so much more. And I know the pandemic influenced that, but how did that conversation really start around just our employees' well-being and just making sure that we're always checking in.
1: You know, looking back, I can't pinpoint like this was it, you know, this was the one (laughs) thing and that's how it all started. But what I do know is that the pandemic definitely made it a priority because everybody was stressed. Everybody was freaked out, right? And then there was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknown. And whenever there's unknown, that can lead to feelings of fear and worry and doubt and anxiety. And then if you, you know, someone you loved or yourself got sick or got COVID, that was like, what's going to happen? You know? So everyone was really faced with these fears. And with that companies, you know, they really had to look at how can we support our employees? Because uh, I think they also realized like we're all human, right? So it maybe humanized the workplace in a sense. And also people were working from home. So I think leaders maybe got a closer look at what was happening in some of their employees' lives and those conversations out of necessity maybe needed to be had, but I think that it became more accepted more normalized and even encouraged in a lot of organizations. So for whatever the reason, you know, I think that's where we are now, right? The companies, organizations, it's really more in the forefront as far as employee well-being. And that's always been something that's been close to my heart because I used to work in in healthcare and I was seeing patients on a regular basis who were going through stuff, a lot of work-related stress. And I saw a lot of the downside if you don't have a work environment that supports well-being. So I'm actually very thankful that now this is made more of a priority in the workplace. But, um, you know, I do think COVID definitely played a big factor in it.
0: Yeah. You made a good point. Like leaders probably had a closer look into people's lives because, I mean, if we're having one-on-ones remote, you're seeing you know, you're seeing my room, you know, you yeah. might see my dog, you might see my kid running in the back. And and it's an opportunity to ask the question, like, how are things going? And I think, you know, in a in an in person environment, those conversations are a little harder to, to start about just the personal stuff. So I think doors have been open, the conversations got a little bit more intimate. And maybe that's what sparked the conversation about Mental health and work-life balance and, and all of those things. So I, I don't know if you agree with that necessarily, but that's just kind of my take on it.
1: Well, I, you know, I think people are working in their workout clothes. Like it just it changed the vibe. You know, the vibe of work. It was more. It felt more casual for a lot of people. You know, because maybe you'd hear your kids in the background, like you said, your dog might come in. You didn't have to get all dressed up because you weren't going to be having in-person meetings for most people. So I think in that environment, you feel safer. You feel more comfortable to be able to share. Maybe you, you feel like you can be more authentically yourself. But I think all of this goes into play with trying to create an environment where there is trust and there is that psychological safety where you can, you know, you, you definitely still want to be professional and there's a time and a place for these things. But I think it's really important that you're able to voice concerns or challenges that you're having so that the team and your organization can try and support you.
0: I think the biggest challenge for, for leaders is really figuring out what the needs of any given individual are going to be. And and that's why I think one-on-ones are really important, just making sure to check in with employees. But, you know, throughout my career, I can remember times of just different needs in terms of work-life balance. You know, pre-kids was a little different than it is now. Like, I need more flexibility now than ever. You talk in your TED Talk about becoming a mom for the first time. And I'm sure you're very career driven. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have a kid and then your needs change from a work-life balance perspective. So maybe walk me through that a little bit and just uh, give me a sense for how your needs changed.
1: Yeah, I was pregnant with our daughter and I remember going in for an interview for a dermatology PA role. And I'd always wanted to practice in dermatology. So this would have been my dream job, like back pre-kids, you know, back when I was thinking about this in PA school, like what, would, what job would I want to have? So I'm going in for this interview. It's in downtown Chicago. It's a beautiful office and it went really well. And I wasn't showing at that point. I maybe was like seven or eight weeks, right? So I really hadn't told anyone except for family. Then they were like, okay, we'll get back to you. And maybe a month later, they wanted me to come back in. And I was like, all right. And normally <laughs> I would have been overjoyed, so excited. And I remember sitting down with my husband and being like, I don't know if I want this. Like, I'm thinking about the commute, I'm thinking about the time away, I'm in all of the different pieces that went into it. And that was the moment for me when my priorities completely shifted and what I really wanted changed. And I really wanted at that point to be able to have time just being home with our daughter, you know, and then, and I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom at that point. And I never really thought I would want that. I always thought I'd be working part-time, but you don't know until you're in the moment. So for me, that was the big shift where I was like, you know what? I'm going to pass on this. And there'll be other opportunities that'll come down the road, but for right now, I need to really listen to my heart, which was wanting to be home with our family.
0: I love that. So with that, what advice do you give to professionals who are struggling with like figuring out what their needs are? Because it really you have to like look inside a little bit. And I I don't know if there was any sort of aha moment or any self-reflection exercises you did to really understand like what you, I'm sure you did a pro con list or of like, take this job or or stay home. I know people struggle with it. So like give some perspective on that.
1: Well, I'm all again about checking in with yourself and these checkpoints, right? So I think things change and what you thought you had wanted may not be what you currently want or need. So I think it's really important that we take time to get a higher perspective and whatever that looks like for you is going to be unique to you. Like for me, when I need to just think about a bigger thing, or if I'm pondering about a life decision. I love exercise, I love movement, I love getting outdoors. So I try to be really intentional with giving myself the space and the time to clear my mind. Because I think if you're gonna make any big decision, you want it to be from a place where you're calm and collected. You know, you don't wanna make a big decision if you're really stressed and nervous and worried, because then that might not be the best decision for you. So if you can get yourself into a place where you can be more clear, Headed. You can see things more clearly. You can be more rational. You can listen to what's in your heart as well. I think that's where you're going to be more happy with the ultimate outcome. But things shift. And then later on, when I decided to go back to work, that was also another checkpoint for me where I, I looked at where things were at in our lives. Does it make sense? You know, what do I really need and want? How can I make this work with our new family dynamic? So this is not. A set in stone, right? It's fluid. It's going to shift. It's going to change. So I think it's really giving ourselves permission to change, to grow, and um, embracing the unknown a little bit. You know, we we don't know what what's going to happen. You have to just have the courage to trust in yourself and, and try and make the best decision you can.
0: I think with like the current times that we're in right now, um, I think the pandemic brought this a little bit, but also with just technology, I think uh, the blend it's not even work-life balance anymore. There's like such an integration and it's like work bleeds into personal life, personal life bleeds into work. And it's like, I I mean, I work in my basement and then I walk upstairs and I'm like on, you know, like with my kids and family. So how do you encourage, and, and maybe you have some tips personally, but how do you encourage people to be present? You know, whether it's at work or at home so that you're hundred percent doing whatever you're supposed to be doing at the moment and making sure that you're not like having those things bleed over.
1: Totally. I'm actually um, this is I mentioned to you before we started recording that I'm working on my first book and this is this is a big thing <laughs> that I talk about. So okay. it's about Thriving in this hybrid workplace environment and how to really navigate that personal and professional. You said, right? Work bleeds into your home life and and home life also can filter into your work life. So, how do you really integrate it? You know, there's a lot here. One thing is, I think we need to not be crazy hard on ourselves here. Like, this is not, there's not a perfect scenario. Like, I have yet to meet someone who does this perfectly. Like, I don't think that's necessarily possible, right? You know, don't expect yourself to always be 100% present when you're transitioning from work to home mode, like there's, there's going to be a little bit of a grace period where there's that transition. So I think one thing we can do to support ourselves with this is to have a ritual or a practice to help us transition from the mindset of being at work to the mindset of being at home. Because as you said, if you're working under the same roof that you're living, well, that space isn't always going to be a trigger for you to know, okay, now it's time to be focused on home. So we have to really set ourselves up for success here. And it could be something like you change your clothes. All right. You change your clothes when it's time to hang out with the family, when it's time to hang out with the kids. Maybe you go for a walk and that's your commute time, you know, where you are able to just clear your mind a little bit. Um, but I think you have to get creative and you have to come up with ways to really set the stage in your own mind for what you're about to do.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I love that advice. Having the routine, and I, if I notice that about myself too, like, having that routine to where you have like a little bit of buffer time because I used to commute 30 minutes and I'd listen to podcasts and audio books. And I just, as much as I hated driving, that was really decompression time before, you know, family time started. So I I do like that uh, advice. Um, Anything that you do in particular, because I know it looks like you're working at home. So I'm curious if you have any thing that you do from a routine standpoint?
1: Yeah. I love movement. So movement is my de-stressor. So I love to get outside and go for a run or I'll do yoga. Like I'll do some yoga poses here, but that, that's how I really clear my head. We also have a treadmill here so I can walk on that a little bit, but anything movement related for me is my transition. And I try and set myself up for success here by not over-promising, like If I tell my kids, okay, I'm going to be done at this time, I try and leave a little bit of room so I have that like 10 to 15 minutes to do whatever it is that I need to do so I feel like I can really show up and be present. I think it's hard to show up and be present if you're just, you know, you just shut off your laptop and you're you know, still thinking about maybe something that's stressful that's going to potentially go into the next day. It's going to be really hard to then be fully present for your family. As you said, you used to commute for whatever, 30 minutes. I do think we have to give ourselves that buffer time to get our minds into a new place.
0: For managers who have employees, how do they help their employees with figuring out the whole balance thing. Are there questions we can ask? Are there any exercises or tasks that we can do to to help them along cuz I know people struggle with this.
1: Totally. Totally. You know, I think one thing that can be helpful is to recognize if there's any flexibility in the way that they work or the hours that they work. And I know one keynote that I gave to A group, and I was talking about some of these things and talking about boundaries and self care and and wellness, and and a lot of things that um, some of the things we've talked about here. And at the end of the keynote, an employee raised her hand and she said, You know, you've talked about morning routines, and I, I talk a lot about how, like, how you start your day can influence how you show up for your entire day. So, carving out time first thing is really important. And she's like, You know, I would love to do that, but I have my kids that I have to get off to school and then I'm supposed to log on by, I can't remember what she said, maybe 8am and I don't like they leave and then I'm logging on right away. So I really don't have that time from transitioning from getting my kids out the door to like being on for work. And what happened was really interesting. So her boss was there and he said, wow, okay, I didn't know that you were struggling with this. Like, I didn't know that this was an issue. Why don't we have you start a little later? Maybe you can start at 8.30 and give yourself a little time to feel like grounded in the morning to take care of yourself, and then we can adjust and tweak your hours throughout the day. So I think what was really interesting there is that was something that they had a solution where she could have a little bit of time to help herself and support her well-being, but she wouldn't have known that if the the conversation hadn't been had. So, I mean, I think this is really unique to each workplace and workforce, but I do think if you have the ability to give your employees the ability to make their own hours a bit and have the flexibility where you're focusing more on the output and the work done and the work completed, that can help them fine-tune their own practices to support themselves.
0: In the time that you were practicing in integrative psychiatry, meeting with individuals, would things about the workplace come up with what people were struggling with? And you know, if so, I don't know what you can share with me, but like if there's themes around the problems and the issues that people were dealing with that brought them anxiety and, and all these things that might impact their, their home life. Curious what those things are.
1: You know, I think a lot of it can be applicable to work, it can be applicable to school, and it's a sense of pressure and overwhelm, right? If we're feeling overwhelmed, if we have too much on her plate, that doesn't feel good. You know, that's really stressful if if you feel stretched too thin. You know, I saw healthcare practitioners who are coming in and they're just so much and then feeling like they didn't have much left when they got home to their family. So I think it's really looking at your energy and are you depleting yourself throughout the workday? Like, do you feel completely drained at the end of the day where you're giving all you can and you're left empty by the time it's family time, right? Because that's not sustainable. Like we can't, work and live like that and expect to be healthy and happy. That's Mm -hmm. just not going to happen. So I I think the workload is a huge piece of it. And that's something that I think organizations have to be really aware of. And I know in healthcare, you know, coming from healthcare, that can be a big issue, (laughs) a really big issue when, when you have back-to-back patients and then you're running behind and people are angry because they're waiting, but like, it's just, it's stressful. So I, I think whatever organizations can do, to support their employees, to give them breaks. Breaks are really important during the workday. They help calm down our stress response. Um, they can help us focus more. They can increase engagement. They can increase performance. So if if days can be arranged to where you can have these micro breaks throughout the workday, I think that can have a very positive impact for people.
0: What you're saying is like drawing uh, like me to talk personally about this because I just I just shared something on LinkedIn the other day. I had a really hard 2023 and it was like my best professionally. Like my job is fantastic. I got so much extra contract work that I was doing that was really exciting, but I was dealing with loss in my life. I was dealing with a lot of family issues and it all became way too much and I know other people can relate to this, is like when you've got stuff going on at at home and then you have to work and show up and be 100% and it all becomes too much at some point. And what I figured out for myself, uh, things are great now, but saying no to more things and setting boundaries... Taking more breaks, like those, are the things that really work for me to get through those challenging times. Because I know a lot of people struggle with this they they overcommit, they're stressed out from all the things that are on their plate. But you do need to take breaks. You do need to start saying no and setting boundaries a little bit more.
1: Totally, and you have to have things that you're excited about in your day. Yes, you have to, right? Have to, and it can be something really small. It can be like I'm going to go to my favorite coffee shop whatever. Or like it could be a little teeny thing, but you have to sprinkle in stuff that you really love, that you are excited about, that you enjoy, that's fun uh, because that's that's just important. We need that. So and I agree with you about saying no. I was just thinking about this myself, as I mentioned, like working on this book, I have a deadline and some of the things that I normally would say yes to, I'm finding right now I'm feeling, and even stuff that I would have enjoyed, I'm feeling like I'm stressed about it now. Like, oh, I say yes to that. Oh, and it's because I have this other thing that's a priority right now. So I really do agree with that. Like you have to figure out what's happening in your life and how can you support yourself? And that very well can mean saying no to more things.
0: What resources at the corporate level do you think that employers should be providing employees at at a basic level even to support with either work-life balance, their mental health and, and well-being?
1: You know, there's, I think that a lot of this depends on the size of the organization and their benefits, et cetera. But one really, really big thing is there has to be some level of feedback in place, like a feedback loop where employees can share, where they feel safe to share. And I think that's the really tricky piece because if you have a boss that is causing a lot of your stress or anxiety or overwhelm, or maybe they're the way that they communicate is, is really rough. You know, there's a lot of different things here. Well, you don't want to then say to your boss, like you're the reason I'm having a problem. Right. So I think there needs to be a a way to share and have kind of this open feedback loop where, um, you know, there, there can be Employees feel like they're valued and they're being heard. So that's the main thing I've heard as far as a problem area is not being able to give honest feedback when it has to do with your leadership team.
0: This is like a really broad question. I'm curious how you're going to take it, but what are the keys to happiness at work?
1: <laughs> Ooh, it's a big one. Uh, well, the first thing that popped into my mind is you. You really need to feel connected to what you're doing. And it, and it needs to be in alignment with something that's meaningful to you. And one question I like to ask in my keynotes is, is your work meaningful to you? If it's not, it's going to be really hard to feel fulfilled and happy at work. If it is, those are the people where they they have a mission and they feel like they're making a, a positive impact, whatever that impact is from a, like a smaller scale to a bigger scale, but they're connected to it. They're tied to it. That's going to fuel your fire. Like That's when you're going to be excited about going to work. Again, that mission can be completely unique, but I think that is really a key thing. Now that said, I have known people who have had that mission and they've gotten that job, but then overwork and feeling stretched too thin has drained that. So like they haven't been able to fully express that because they've been pulled in too many directions. I'm thinking like healthcare specifically. So I think that has to also be balanced with appropriate time management and feeling supported in the workplace. You're valued. And then you have to have other areas of your life that are nourished your relationships, your family, like your personal um, passions and things that you're excited about. So there's all these different kind of baskets that also need to be filled in addition to just work. But I I think the big part where it would start would be it has to be meaningful to you as as a person.
0: Yeah, I so agree. So Crystal, you have a podcast called Live Greatly. When I checked Apple Podcasts, they might cut it off, but it looked like you have 320 episodes, maybe even more than that uh, at this point. Sounds about right. Yeah. You got five-star rating, 221 reviews that, that I saw. So you've interviewed a lot of people. You do, you do some like short snippets of, um, of you just talking as well, but from the people you've talked to, what are some of the key lessons that you've learned from, uh, and I don't know if there's any one that sticks out necessarily, but uh, even generally, like what are some lessons you've learned from interviews?
1: Hmm. I mean, I'm trying to think of some of the big takeaways. There's so much, right? Um, There's so many different things. I think a big takeaway that I've gotten from a lot of my conversations is just believing in yourself. A lot of the people that I've talked to that are successful, happy, you know, success means a lot of different things, but they've really advocated for themselves along the way. And they've known who they are in the sense of knowing their mission and they've gone after it. So I think getting clear on your mission, really getting to know who you are and trusting yourself along the way is really, really important. And then another key thing is that all these people that I'm talking about who are, you know, seem very, very successful, they've all had doubts. They all have insecurities. They all have their struggles. No one is perfect. And a lot of the time they're figuring it out along the way. I know I used to think like, oh, they all know so much more than me or they must have something I don't. And really, it's more like they just went for it. You know, they, they're, they're going for it and they're just comfortable in that process knowing that it's not always going to work out the way that you plan. So I think it's, it's trusting that you can figure it out if you really want something to just to go for it and to trust yourself.
0: I love that. That's that's well said. Well, Crystal, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate you sharing your expertise. And I, I hope people go check out your podcast because I know you get a lot of good stuff there. Where do you want to point people to? Like, what? how can they learn more about you? Um, feel free to share any of that.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun talking with you. Uh, they can go to my website. It is www.livegreatly.co. And I'm active on LinkedIn. I'm active on Instagram. So they can check me out there too. They can check out my show. But um, it's been great talking with you. Thanks so, so much for having me.
0: I guess today has been Crystal Bauer. Crystal, thanks for coming on. Thank you. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the guest's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Zenium HR or the host, Brandon Laws. The material and information presented on transform your workplaces for general information and educational purposes only. Zenium HR or the host, Brandon Laws, does not necessarily endorse any guest, their business, or any organization they represent. Discretion is advised. Please work with a trusted advisor to find a custom approach that fits your organization's needs.